Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everyone. Burroughs Sportsday and and of course Jamal. So Sports with the Rollin is not here today. So so that's why he's reading his book, his special book. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. That was. Uh, my three-year-old son Kareem trying to explain today's show did a did a decent job. Uh, he is correct. Bill Roden is not here today, and he is working on a special special book. Uh, we know it's going to be a classic. He's on hiatus. He's on a month-long hiatus to finish his his next book, which you know, you know how Bill does. You got, when when that comes out, you better go get it because it's going to be a classic Absolutely. and it's going to be something that lasts. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be meaning a meaningful project, of course, um, but. Of course, this is Jamal Murphy holding it down. The great Jamal Murphy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Somebody <laughs> had to say that, you know, now that Bill's gone. Appreciate that. And uh, so we're holding it down here on Bros Pod. And got a special guest host today, my guy, uh, fellow lawyer. Yes. Um, Otis Harper. He's, a, he's also host of In the Game on WBKS1.com. Yes. So definitely check that out. Come you know, on. They, Tuesdays. They do, Tuesday. Tell, tell them. Tuesdays, 9 p.m. on WBKS1.com. My name is Otis Harper. They also call me Old Dog, the stat tech on the show. Oh. You know, so I'm known for using statistics to, to stage my arguments or formulate my argument, arguments, if you will. Good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my man Otis is here. We're going to... We're going to get into a lot of stuff uh, later on in the show. We're, we're going to hear from uh, Chris Canty, the former uh, Giants and Cowboys defensive lineman and now uh, ESPN radio personality. Uh, and we're going to get into a couple of things uh, about the Giants and how they handled their whole situation, firing their coach and GM and Eli getting his job back. And also uh, we're going to talk about the Players Coalition and his thoughts on that deal that was uh, basically agreed to in principle last week um but but first you know a lot of stuff going on uh of course you know busy sports weekend busy sports day uh one of you know one of the things that came down the pike today very sad news for for philadelphia residents for uh, philadelphia eagles fans <laughs> i used to actually be a F philadelphia fan I'm sorry to hear that yeah, i don't know what happened <laughs> i think i grew you out of it ways, yeah, yeah. I, I grew out you, of you, it you got educated you matured out of it yeah you know <laughs> from talking to bill he got me to get out of that whole fandom thing you know oh, okay I mean? okay a little, not, not really but i don't know what it was i used to be an eagles fan but um uh carson wentz out for the season man let acl I, I wish i could say that i was sad for that you know, but let, let me rephrase that. I never want to see anybody get injured. Right. However, there's a caveat to that. There's a, you know, an addendum to that. Unless you're in the division that the Cowboys play in. I am a unabashed, unapologetic Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh -oh. I have been since I was, you know, since I first started watching football. Bill's not going to like this. Bill's not going to like this. And shout out to Mr. Roden. You know, uh -huh. it's a pleasure to be on his his podcast. I, I I take it seriously, and I take it as a privilege and an honor. And I have nothing but <laughs> respect and admiration for Mr. Roden. I've I've watched his career, and he has been a a, a, a leader of mine, somebody that I, I aspire to achieve his great successes. So shout out to Mr. Uh, Bill Roden. Yeah, as we all do, and he'll yes. be happy because uh, he made me promise. Only to have people on who, who you know, who worship him. <laughs> well, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Bill. No, I, 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 I remember reading the $40 million slave long before I ever could have, uh, you know, even aspire to be sitting in this room with you on Bill's podcast. So I've been a big fan of him from the sports reporter. So I've always looked up to, to Bill Roden. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, like, you know, Wentz is down for the season. I mean, it is a blow for the league, another blow for the league. Already Aaron Rodgers is out. Yes. Watson has the yes. same ACL deal. A lot of big-time players. You know, I guess that's football, right? That's football, and it's tough because I was watching that game, and when he took that hit, I, I think he was trying to be a hero, man. He, he, he mm. didn't have to dive for the end zone, but I guess, you know, in the heat of the moment, you don't think about injury. Um, he was trying to make a play. But when he took that hit, I said, that's a serious hit, and he got up. I said, he's in trouble. And he limped off the field. They mm. took him under the tent, and then they took him in, into the locker room. 
and he didn't come back. He didn't return. They put Nick Foles in. But I, I was I was concerned as soon as I saw the hit. Yeah, I mean, it, it was ugly. Yeah. You know, it was one of those hits that you, you, you know, made me wince. I saw him. Like the old Malachi Crunch they yeah, used to say yeah. from the happy days. You know, you get it from both oh, angles. And, yeah. and I, w- I winced. Yeah, yeah, I did wince as well. His legs looked a little like jello yes. on that. You know, yes. a little weird. Yes. Diving into the end zone, you got linebackers and defensive yeah. ends coming at you from opposite directions, and that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean, I mean it even happened to, you know, a great athlete like, uh, what's it, uh, Watson. Yeah. Deshaun Watson in, yeah. in Houston. I mean, he he was doing a lot of running at the quarterback position, and it came back to haunt him. Even though it was a practice, he told right. his ACL. They should have shot. It him. reminded me of that hit that John Elway took, even though he didn't go airborne. But it right. reminded me of right. sort of that. I, I was looking for him. I said, wow, he didn't go airborne like Elway. But it had that sort of feel to it. Elway right. survived without injury, but Carson Wentz wasn't so fortunate. But, again, as a Cowboys fan you know, <laughs> and anti-Eagles, right, right, I'm, right. you know, for the league, obviously it's a blow to the league because you have an up-and-coming superstar. It's a blow to Eagles fans, mm-hmm. and they're going to be upset. But I've talked to some Eagle fans, and they seem confident. Next man up with Nick Foles. I don't buy into it. I think that's just you know what they're saying right now. Yeah. We'll and see. you know Carson, you feel for a young player like that. He's on what a thirteen game or right. ten game Having win streak. a great streak. season. Well, I won't say ten game because they lost Seattle, but he was a nine game win streak, right. eleven and two or twelve and two, whatever it is. And he was having a great season. Great season. Right up until then. Yeah, it's yeah. just that's a, that's football. How quickly it can change. And I'm sure if Eagles fans got to think they're cursed because you know they they thought this was their year, no question about it. Uh, you know, talking Super Bowl. Uh, my sister lives out in Philly. I was out uh-huh. there listening to the radio, and you know they you know talking about. But at the same time, fans knew they know they're kind of cursed, kind of like right. Chicago Cubs right. used to be. Because they, you know, they were all on the radio like, yeah, this is great, nine-game winning streak, but you know, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It now, did. Nick Foles has done some things in this league. I remember he had a, a year where he was like, what, 20 touchdowns and only two interceptions. Yeah. Can that, he repeat that, was, that? Was that 1998 or something? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a long time ago because he hasn't started since then for anybody. Right. Um, do you think Nick Foles can step up and, and continue with the success of the Eagles, uh, you know, step into Carson Wentz's shoes, if you will? No, no, I don't it's not. So, it's not I mean, when, I mean, Wentz was playing so well too. I yeah. mean, he was, you know, he was having an MVP type season. Arguably an MVP. So there's no way as you can. As much as it pains me to say that, right. he was arguably an MVP type season. Right. They just embarrassed your Cowboys a couple of weeks ago. You had to bring you know, that up. Was sad, you know. It was even sad for me because I'm a Dak uh, press guy. You know, I, you I'm, are a Dak guy. I'm a Dak guy. You know, he gets a lot of flack from some some people, uh, but you know, so. I, he had 33 touchdowns this year so far. Yeah. Going for 3,200 yards, almost 3,300 yards, um, completing 60% of his passes. So he's having a great year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven into, only seven interceptions. So, right. I mean, you know, it's tough for Eagles fans. And, and do you buy into that curse thing? No, I don't, I don't buy into the curse. But I, I, the season's cursed all of a sudden. Right. Now that, now that he's right. gone. Right, right. I buy into that. Like, I don't, right. I'm not buying this Nick Foles stuff. I mean, the offense was was built around Wentz mm-hmm. in, in this season. Mm-hmm. You know, he's throwing the ball all over the place uh, to different receivers. You know, they're using his talents. He can throw on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was improvising a lot. You know, so now they're going to have to change things. They do. It, it's funny. They did bolster the running attack. They got Jay Ajay, remember, in the trade yes. uh, from Miami. So they still have Garrett had, Blunt. Right, and he hasn't been getting carries like that. Right. Like he, he, I think he hadn't had 10 carries going into – Sunday's game. I'm a little stunned by the the lack of usage by, of uh, Ajay right. by the Eagles. I thought they, they were going to put him in and, and just feed right. him the ball that's and let him go thought. crazy. Yeah, and he thought. really has. I haven't heard too much about him, so I'm I'm a little stunned at that. You often want, I wonder why, like why did they pick him up? What did they you know bring him in, in into the system for? Right, because he really hasn't done anything. Right, and they gave up some assets, absolutely you know, some draft picks. So yeah, I was wondering about that too, and, and we'll probably see for the rest of the season because I, I, you got to think they're going to run the ball more. I mean, they have three, at least three good backs. I mean, they got Blunt, Blunt Clement, they got the kid Ajay. Clement is good. Absolutely. Um, now, it was 2013 when Nick Foles threw for 2,800 yards. He was 8-2 and two with Philly, uh, 27 touchdowns against only two interceptions. That was the last year. He started uh, 10 games, played in 13. That was when uh, – wasn't – Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly? I think that was a Chip Kelly system. That was a system. Chip Kelly um, – yeah. Experiment. Yeah. Who's now with what is he with? Uh, UCLA. He's with, with UCLA, UCLA now. Back in the yeah. Pac-12. Right. 
So it, it's crazy to think only, what, four years ago, Chip Kelly was with the Eagles. It Nick is. Foles was lighting it up. It now Nick Foles is back. Chip Kelly's on the West Coast. How quickly things change in sports. So right. it's an exciting time to see. We'll see. We'll see. So, I mean, obviously, you, you think, the, you think the, uh, the Super Bowl dreams are gone, right? You don't see the Eagles being able to do that. I would say initially, yes, you have to temper your expectations of the Eagles. If you're an Eagles fan, you start saying, can he sort of just step in and do just enough? You, don't, you know, you just gave him the keys to a Corvette. Right. Don't wreck the car, as they say. Right. You know, but is he going to drive it enough to win the race? I don't know. I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I've never thought Nick Foles was that good. I thought he was a product of the Chip Kelly system, and he was fortunate. You know, and, and it's always, you know, when you get that new quarterback in there, teams have a tendency to not be able to adjust on the fly. You know, Nick Foles came in, he lit it up, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. Now, people know what Nick Foles is. They, knew, they know who he is. He hasn't had th- that success since then. So we're going to see what he really can do and see if he's really capable of holding it down in Philadelphia. I hear you. So, as far as your team, the Cowboys are concerned, I mean, it doesn't really affect them too much. I mean, the uh, the Eagles, they did clinch the division with that win uh, at the Rams, despite Wentz's injury. Yes. Um, Dallas, what, seven and six? I got a chance. That was a great game, too, by the way. The Eagles. Eagles. um, (laughs) Wow. The great Bill (laughs) Roden is in the house. Bill Roden. How lucky am I today? (laughs) (laughs) y'all doing man you sit down. I'm like man Jamal like stealing my show man <laughs> the guest the great Bill Road you can't you can't count out the great Bill Road supposed to be on sabbatical man it's a pleasure to be here sir hey pleasure What's, what do we have, man? You can't sit in my seat, man. <laughs> I apologize for that. I didn't know you were going to come in. I know. That's the whole point. <laughs> the cat's away. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, Bill? Hey, man. What's going on? Took a break. Good, good. I always tell people, you, you don't be surprised. Yeah. Bill can show up at any time. At any time. At any time. I just came by. I was actually at C. Should I say that? Yeah. At CB, they're starting a new show. Some kind of new something. If, it, if it's no good, I'll edit it. Huh? If it's no good, <laughs> but I'll but edit it. But it's some kind of internet thing, mm-hmm. TV thing. So, so you, got, you, got other, you got a lot going on, in other words. Yeah, but the book thing, man, I was, was trying how, to. How's the, how's yeah, the how's book, the book coming? coming along? Oh, man. I'm. I, Good. <laughs> I, I was telling Jamal just a, a few minutes ago, I have been a, a big fan and supporter of yours since the $40 million slave going back a long time. You've been one of the people that I've always looked up to um, but long before I even thought about getting into broadcasting. And so I'm still relatively new to this, but you have been one of my idols and somebody I really looked up to. So I appreciate what well, you Well, my did. brother, thank you very much. I appreciate much. your work. I wish you had me write this but <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you broadcasting for? I do a show on the internet on WBKS1.com. The show's called In the Game. Okay. I was uh, years ago, uh, about six, seven years ago, I was uh, the first runner-up on, um, what do you call it, WFAN. Oh, okay. They have that fantasy phenom um, right. where they you, you enter a contest to win your own show for a year. I was the first runner-up uh, about six, seven years nice. ago, and then I developed my own show. So here we are, and this is how I got to where we are today. Oh, cool. And how do you know this guy? I know the great Jamal Murphy. The great Jamal Murphy. I we love work, it. We work together. He's a lawyer, too. Yes. Oh, really? oh my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't go to A&T, did you? <laughs> no, I went to Rutgers. I'm oh, a Rutgers yeah. scholar at night. But uh, we started talking at work, and, you know, I, I found out that he did. I'm a big supporter of the podcast. I listen every week. I even Jamal will tell you. I'm like, mm-hmm. when, when you guys coming? When, when you going to do another podcast, man? Right, right. Let's right. get it going. I, I'm you know, listening. He's like, he's like well, you missed a week again. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> oh, what, really? Absolutely. <laughs> Only one week, right? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's happened in the past, you know. You know how we well, do. Well, I missed Oh, no, well, back we in the you know, Yeah, before. Oh, yeah. In the past. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. missed a, a week here or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. I guess you have to be regular. You probably should be doing two. Consistent. Weeks. Right. Two right. a week. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the show, so I'm a big-time supporter. He's a, he's a Cowboys fan. Though. I am a Cowboys fan. Oh, well, that's okay. They had a big win yesterday. Yes, sir. Right? Yeah, big, big win. win. Big oh, win. I mean, over the I was going to say, it's not too big of a win. It was a 2-10 team, right. So, you know, you beat a 2-10 team. You're supposed to beat a 2-10 team. They went in there. They held it down. It was a little bit closer than I would have liked for too long, up until, like, the middle of the third. Then the Cowboys came out and started – 
you know, the Giants did what the Giants do. They were working off emotion early in the game. They were feeling strong. They got their quarterback back. They brought out what I call the Phil Sims uniforms. <laughs> You're white. You know, I'm like, what is right, going right, on right. here? That's yeah, that's, right, that's the last memory of it. I, I remember seeing mm-hmm. Sims in those all-white jerseys right. and the white pants. And they had, you know, the crowds giving Eli an ovation. I'm like, yeah, okay, exactly. let's get back to football. Right. They're giving him an ovation. They, yeah. know, they were killing him. They were, they were talking about Bishop like four Thank weeks you. ago. Thank yeah. you. And, 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 How it, quickly it, it comes, changed. He comes back. And, uh, you know, unfortunately it was the same old Eli. Same <laughs> old Eli. First, One touchdown, two interceptions. From the first ten games Absolutely. or whatever. What happened you know? to the first year? Did they boo him? Anybody boo? No, no, no. They they loved Eli. It was Eli Appreciation Day. But what, what Eli or this black guy? That's all you need. <laughs> Eli or the black guy? Yes, bring, bring Eli back. The, the, Please save and us. The, and the black guy who hadn't you know who hadn't been too great of a I know. QB in the NFL. I do love you know? what Gino said about uh, Rex Ryan's comments. He called him a coward. Did you hear Rex Ryan's yeah. comments? Yeah, he I said he loved Gino, but he wouldn't want him starting for him. Mm. And Gino called him a coward. He said, look, we went out there. We put our heart and souls for this guy, and this is how he treats me. And I love that Gino stands up for himself. Wow, right. You right. Know, he, because called, he called Rex a coward. Yeah, yeah he, he called, called Rex him a coward, coward for saying that. And I appreciate that wow, because I think him. Gino has gotten a raw deal since his time in the NFL. Right. You know, he's never gotten a fair shot. He played with the Jets. I mean, you know, the he, Jets are the Jets. Right. You know? Did he, he, really had a shot. A, he had a shot a couple of years ago when he got injured that first game right. Right. they gave it to him you know so you can't blame any anybody really right because that. he had, that was the fight in the locker room where well that was that was the John. year that but then but then when he actually got on the field i think he got he tore his acl like the first okay. the first series or something okay. like that right. but i mean you are i mean you know you, you get a shot and you either you either make the shot or you don't right. true it could be injury could be you know but there are other people who for some reason like tom brady take advantage he, of it he, he wasn't he gets hurt this guy comes now. You could argue it's right. a different. Bledsoe. Your Bledsoe gets hurt, and this guy becomes a legend. So yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody tries. All we want is a shot. Right. Yes. And you either and yeah, it's unfortunate. You get hurt, or yeah. whatever, or you don't get hurt, and you do perform. Instead of you in, incomplete pass, it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it all the time, right? Like some. I mean, you you know you you step in for somebody, and that's your shot. Yeah. And you can look back in your career. Oh man! If I didn't hurt my knee, right, right, right. Yeah. Everybody has a story. Everybody's man. got a story, but I, my story would rather be <laughs> I got a starting lineup and they couldn't get me out. That's true. Thirty years, twenty years later, see right. Tom Brady. Right, that's right. See yeah. Tom Brady. I'm Make to it hard about. for them to take you out of the game. Who else was that? I mean, in your career, who else have you seen in your career who got the shot? At, well, Eli. In other words, in a way. Well, Eli was a draft pick. Right, but he and could then, have gone uh, to Kurt Warner. Remember that Kurt right. Warner was playing first. Right. You know, I mean, you're right. I mean, you have to make the most of the opportunity, and and Smith, Geno Smith, hasn't done that. I don't. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent, because I do think he has some talent. Um, it was just that whole situation, the Giants situation. Uh, I don't understand why they would bench Eli if you don't have. It's not like you had a first round pick right, in right. the waiting that you wanted to see. They, it's almost like it's we personal. know what Geno is yes. pretty much. So don't tell me you yeah, you trying to see what you have. Maybe they knew they were gonna get fired, so they just said F it. And by the way, <laughs> I, I I don't really like the way. Mara handled that, John right. Mara, because he came out and they fired um, McAdoo. McAdoo and Jerry Reese mm-hmm. right after they benched Eli and sort of, you know, made them the sacrificial lamb. But in my mind, everybody in that organization signed off on benching Eli. Mm-hmm. But McAdoo and Jerry Reese took the heat for it. And then he comes out trying to look like a hero saying, well, you know, we're going to go back to Eli. We're going to make some changes. And I just thought that, to me, quite frankly, I, I don't like Mac. I haven't liked McAdoo since he said those things about um, Kaepernick and how the fans came out. And these are the most passionate letters I've ever seen from fans. Mm. I thought that was a bunch of baloney. What did he say again? I forgot about He that. said something to the effect that, if I recall correctly, when the whole Kaepernick situation was taking place, he said, we can never sign uh, Colin Kaepernick because the fan- we've received some of the most passionate letters we've ever received from our fans about Colin Kaepernick, and we can never take that. You know, we would never sign him. And I just thought that when was— Mara said that? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I no, thought that was familiar. cowardice, and I, I, I didn't like it, and I don't like the way he handled the whole situation with Eli because, again, why are you going to come back the week after? You signed off on it the week before. Now you want to come back and say, well, we made a mistake. Because he's the owner. When you when you own it, when you own it, you can do no wrong. And the owner's not gonna fire himself. That's right. true. Like with Jerry Jones. See Jerry Jones. Clowns. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Clowns. You know, he's never wrong. That's right. You right. know, so no, that's true. And even know, yeah, Chris Canty, who who I, we're gonna hear from later on in the show, he actually said the same thing. He actually put it on Mara. He thought it was kind of a smoke screen. Absolutely. That Mara was 
that he, you know he basically said he thought Mara was you know he was part of the decision making process absolutely there. and then when it didn't work out when the fan uh, the Backlash. fan reaction was yes. worse than he thought. Yeah, well, he's the owner, so Canty guess he's not going to be in public relations for the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be on the Ring of Honor. Or, or well, like, like you said, well, Bill, he's a smart dude. He probably knew already. Like something probably yeah, happened I there. Know. When I Jerry know. said Jerry Jones and the Cowboys said, um, "Yeah, if I was if I was the owner and the GM, if I wasn't the uh, owner, I would fire myself as the GM. But because I'm the owner, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So there well, you go. Jerry, yeah, that, <laughs> that's I mean, what it say is. The like most ridiculous thing, that, and that's why that's why we're in the era we are with POTUS 45. You right. can just do absolutely. Oh yeah. Anything and 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 again, we were talking about that at the other show. How how Jerry how how POTUS 45 and Levar Ball are almost a match made in heaven. Yes, no, they get no each other. Yes, they almost like they say, "How come we didn't discover each other before?" Because <laughs> we both, it's, it's like perfect. Right. You could just say anything, 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 and it go. I mean, this is the, this era, like you know, before, like with you know, Obama and even presidents before. There was a sort of decorum yes. where, right, it's going. Well, we don't really want to say this protocol, you know, protocol, right. decency. Like, hey, yes, man, this is like. All that's out the it's window. It's the wild, wild west Integrity, now. Yes. Yeah, yes. All, everything is good. Yes. Everything is good until proven otherwise. And there's no about. accountability. You can just no. say what you want. My son could go to China. He could steal some. <laughs> steal some. He's already got a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, he's got right, a Lamborghini. Right. right. He could steal some Polaroids, some, some, <laughs> some glasses. Yeah, some sunglasses. That, that his brother could buy the company. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's going to steal. But, but the story is not theft. The story becomes whatever it is, like hey, some kind we're going to make something good out of this because that's the environment that we're in. I mean, that, that everything is. You know, he's going he's gonna to be here tomorrow. The Lakers play the Knicks tomorrow. Oh, man. You, you going? I, I didn't plan to, but maybe I should. You, you'll be here, right? You'll be in New York? Well. Maybe. 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 I'll be writing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't want to take away from that. Uh-huh. Any, that's would, why I'm here. I would love oh, to well, see, I would love to see a, a Lavar Ball, Bill Roden uh, <laughs> discussion. I would, love, I would love to have. Uh, I mean, he's he is essentially the difference between him and Potus 45 is that Potus 45. I mean, Lavar Ball is trying to get off the plantation. Mm. He's mm-hmm. trying to say that listen, if anybody's going to exploit my family, it's going to be me. Right. Right. Not UCLA. Right. Not Nike. Not Adidas. Right. Not Under Armour. Right. That why should I, and that's why they're all looking at wait a minute, that's not we're supposed to exploit you, right? What do you, right? You, know, you can't get off this plantation. What are you talking but about? But the problem is, is, is to me, it's almost like he he's doing that. He's actually exploiting his own family. Well, he is. But, you know, but, but should it be him or should it be? No, it should. Else? I mean, if you have to choose between who exploits, I'd rather can it be your the family father. exploit you, right? But is I it think explo- is it called if, if your think family does? Is it called ex- exploitation? If, if if it's not, if it doesn't end up to. Uh, helping the kid in the long run. Isn't this the Kardashian model, though? You see mm-hmm. Kris Jenner. But like, you, you know what I'm saying? LeVar we won't, we won't know. Model. We won't know the story, right? Let's say if the ki- if the other kids don't turn out to be the basketball players, or even if, if Lonzo doesn't turn out to be the basketball player that people think he's going to be, then some of this didn't work, right? Well, but 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 what about what, what kind of – in this new environment now, remember, we're in a mm-hmm. new environment, mm-hmm. right, where everything you thought – Four years, you know, right, wrong, and tell you, honestly, all that's out. So now, what's winning in this generation? Is it just, is it just money? Just making money? It must. Be, if, I mean, if he make, if he makes, if, if four years from now or five years from now, you know, the kid is in the league. We're talking about uh, uh, Lonzo. Alonzo, he'll be in the league. If he's in the league, right. five years, he's made a ton of money, mm-hmm. right? If his younger brother, I mean, so what constitutes when? If he ended up going, maybe he'll go to like Howard. Right, and you're right. I mean, they, they've won already. Right. Right, won. right. When you got you got a son, the number two overall pick in the draft. You won. On okay, the what team the other, that he okay, well, what the other kids do? On the team right. that he said <laughs> that, he wanted them all. Exactly, right. he wanted. He to spoke LA. truth right. to power. He right. brought that right. into existence right. in some right. manner. People think that I, I believe you say things enough, you can bring things to you. Right. You're the law of attraction, as they say. Right. That, yes, right. And he talked about getting Lonzo on the Lakers. Everybody thought he was crazy, but now look. Lonzo's mm-hmm. on the lake. Then you're at a point, right? Magic, even Magic, the point we we cannot not draft this guy, right? Right. Because you know, and now and, and now now, if, if you look at what constitutes winning, you ask the bean counters at the Lakers. They say, well, if you look at our numbers, absolutely, we're ahead of where we were last year, right? You know, more right. subscriptions, right? More, more, a better deal with sponsors. I guarantee you, this game tomorrow at Madison Square Garden will be a tough ticket. 
because of you know a lot, a lot to do with the balls. And you remember the summer league was had right. popularity that I had never seen. Right. They had more highlights of Lonzo Ball. They started celebrating a summer league championship. How long, you know, when have you heard that? I've never heard that before. Right, right. right. And that's the ball effect. So, I mean, yeah. So, so, so I mean. They have a TV show, yeah. much like the Kardashians. That's right. Facebook is on yeah. Facebook, right? Facebook. Yes. And like you said, it's a new world now. It's no longer just TV. They're on Facebook. That's a whole different right. approach Which to we it. should be, by the way. True. I think actually we're behind the curve. I mean, if you look at if you look at what's working in this generation, we're behind. We're just doing the podcast, right? Right. We should be everywhere. Facebook, yes. Snapchat, yep. Facebook Live, I Twitter mean, clips, everything, Twitter, yep. whatever yeah, exists, Instagram, absolutely. Everything. You know, because I mean, that's what Ball said. Hey, man, don't penalize me. All this stuff is available. Yeah. To market myself, right? If y'all just want to drive the Etzel while I'm driving the Lamborghini. That's on you. Right. I'm driving the Lamborghini. Right. Now, Bill, how do you feel about Ball, LeVar Ball, and, and the controversy of him not thanking POTUS 45 for his so-called help in getting, uh, what was it, Le- LiAngelo or Le- yeah. LiAngelo out of China? Well, again, in the old school model with us with our hat in our hand, <laughs> you know, we're in the old school model. We all miss you. You know, that's we we all thank you for going up. That's the old model. Right, He's right. just saying, F you. <laughs> right, right, you didn't help me get a few to put me on the plant. And it gets more bodacious so that all of us are on the plantation. Damn. Right. Whoa, what's he going on? Yikes, he's talking to Mr. Charlie like, why? You know? Whoa. Right, right. You know? And he's like slapping him. Right. You know? And so, but, but, but POTUS 45 said, yeah, okay, this is my kind of guy because we're going to keep it going. If you apologize, it's over. True. Right. I mean, I'm not apologize, but if he thank says, him. Thank you. Right. It's over. Right. And that's what everybody thought was going to get up and say thank you. But by going up there and being outrageous, mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, you just keep it, it feeds going. feeds the machine, it if you will. just feeds the beast, yes, man. It just yes. feeds the beast. I love it. I love LeVar Ball. I mean, I don't love everything he does or everything mm-hmm. he says, but in the big picture, I appreciate it for its its value, its nonsense. You know, I, I respect it. I respect the fact that he gets up there. And he's even made some com- comments. He said, wait a minute. They got treated, he's getting treated, his son is getting treated harsher by UCLA. They're not letting him play. Mm. They won't let him practice. Mm. They took his meal program away from him. Mm. So he said, well, I'm going to pull my son out of UCLA. What's, what is he staying there for? Right. right. He's not doing anything. Should, now, see, he should now, he should send him to Howard or to Morgan. Right. Because, you know, Morgan got a you know, good basketball program. Mm-hmm. He said, you know what, that, that's always been my contention with balls. You know, you want to be revolutionary to a point. Mm-hmm. A revolution to a point where you actually transform the transforming the system is having his his sons go to like Howard mm. or Morgan or something like that and taking an HBCU program to the Final Four. Mm. Now that's revolutionary. Mm. You know, this is basically still a revolt. Right. He's just kind of revolting. Right. You know, a little revolt that we quash over. But the revolution, like he's trying to do the revolution in the shoe game. Mm-hmm. But do the revolution across the board. Prove to these young black kids come up. You don't have to go to UCLA or to Auburn, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what? Go to HBCU, where number one, you're gonna be around a whole bunch of other black, kids, and where you could actually make a trans transformative difference. Right. For instead of having uh, uh, HBCU go to first round of playoffs getting beaten by a thousand points. Right, get a good seed or something. Yeah, yeah get a good seed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get like an eighth seed. <laughs> right, Might get right, an eighth right. seed, make to the sweet 16. You right. never know. And just right. like everybody's watching, just like everybody's watching the VAR and all that, they'd watch, if if you if they yeah. went to like Alcorn and all of a sudden they start upsetting people. They're going to watch. It's going to be made for TV. It's going to yes. be must-see TV. Right. How the hell could this team with these three or four All-Americans who used to go to like the white schools say, wait a minute, and think about it. And you bring and you bring other people with you. Absolutely. You know, yeah, people you bring, people yeah. follow you. Like like Le, like 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 um Levar, I mean like um LeBron did. Yeah. They just said they okay, me, you right. we're gonna go to Miami win a championship. Right. 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 Okay, say so, me, you five of us, we're gonna go to Howard or Morgan, we go we gonna make it to the final four. Yeah. Right. Now you talking about some people getting pissed. <laughs> you know, like like Calipari and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. If Anthony Davis, those guys, all of a sudden they find their way and then, but the thing, as black folks, it makes sense. But see, 
it makes sense for us to help each other. Right. But we've been so brainwashed that that's considered radical. Damn, I was going to ask you what right? prevents what prevents young black players from saying, "Hey, look, let's let's get five guys and go to Howard. Let's get five guys and go to Morgan." Because we're brainwashed. We've been brainwashed to think, "No, you don't do that. Your job is to tote that bail, lift that barge for the white man, hmm. not to not to help your own institution." That's blasphemy. Anyway, so it's time to go, right? Almost. Uh, why? Why I got you here? Uh, one of the things we talked to uh, Chris Canty about, um, he, you know, we'll hear from him on the, the giant stuff, but one of the things I talked to him about also was the Players Coalition deal. So I know you had, you had a different take on that. You mean the hush money? The hush money. So they took, they took essentially what amounts to about maybe less than a percent. Chump change. Of what the NFL is worth. Mm -hmm. Chump right? change. Yeah, it was, it was chump change. So part of me is saying, well, okay, cool. As black folks, we don't have to do it one way. Okay, you take the money and we'll still protest. Right. Uh, the, the, a little problem was that, number one, it was not only chump change, but the owners are going to get it back. Yes. When they come to the CBA, because they're going to tell them, you guys cost us, this protesting, you guys cost us millions and millions, our ratings are down, fans are leaving the game, we're taking that back. Mm. So they're going to get the money, whatever money they get, they're going to get it back mm. in triplicate. And, by, and the mere fact that Malcolm and that group took the money, and then said in the statement, we're going to stop protesting. The owner said, well, see, you proved our point. Yes. That the very fact that you stopped, you're, you're admitting that it was your protest that's making, that's cost us all this money. So we want it back. When we get to the table, we want that money back. We want concessions from you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that um, the, the, the Invisible Players Union led by, by DeMores, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry to keep hammering on this, but right. I just think that they, they just they just let down Kaepernick by not turning this into a labor issue. I agree. So they didn't. They didn't galvanize. They didn't galvanize the association. In fact, they they created. They allowed a division to be created within the association. The Kaepernick side, yes, that continued to kneel, mm -hmm. and the Malcolm Jenkins side that boxed them, boxed Kaepernick out of his own movement. Said, okay, we'll take it from here. You know, we'll, we'll take. Like you said, was this? I don't. I but, don't want to. But 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 Jenkins, they. I mean, he he ultimately wanted the same thing as as. Ka I mean, they, they were well, fighting. They were fighting. I mean, he well, he was well, protesting. Kaepernick, Kaepernick, when he protested, he didn't say we're protesting for uh, to get a hundred million dollars for right. the NFL. No, no, he well, not for the that. NFL. No, but he, he never stated that we're doing this so we get some money. No, he from said the NFL. he said for he said you know. Po uh, police brutality, justice. social right. injustice. What does that have to do with hundred million dollars? Well, they, the hundred million is uh, now the hundred million dollars, and, and I agree, it's a drop in the bucket. It's n it's nothing for the NFL to do this. I think it was uh, someone broke it down as basically being about three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a team per team, which is like like a half an advertisement. And who, and who gets that money? In other words, right. does so my organization, well, my little sports recreation pack, Harlem do? Hopefully, who gets the dough? well, that, that that's you know, if it's successful. Then yes, right. So we don't know what's going to happen, but but the plan was that twenty five percent would go to United Negro College Fund. They already 20, get money, right? Twenty five percent would go to Dream Corps, and fifty percent would go to the the new Players Coalition nonprofit, which is going to develop. And then that what money they get? Who runs that? That's the administrative the, that's, that's the question. My cousin, right? My right. Where do, where does where does that money go? Because they're supposed to they're supposed to ferret that out to different organizations on the ground. The problem with that is that the owners have a say in that because they have a represent they have representation in that in that nonprofit. Each each owner has a you know, is represented. So it's not the player it won't be the players themselves making that decision. But by the way, does that address any of the issues that Colin Kaepernick well, re originally took a stand for? Well, they're, they're saying that they would social injustice they're saying they're saying that, that money would, they're saying that money is supposed to go to organizations dealing with that. That's what they what say. Is dealing with what? That. What is right? right. What that? is that? Did that they give any racism money? Or, or, so where where would money go in that in that in that sense? Well, that, and that's the whole point. When when he and that that that's the whole existential errand of this is that when he's protesting social injustice, police brutality, it's uh, the magnitude is infinitesimal. I mean, I mean, how do you? What is the money that you could? How? Where where does that? You know. But the fact when you stop it. The point is when you stop protesting, right. you take everybody off the hook. Right. And that's all the NFL wants. Please take us off the hook. And I think that's important to realize because you don't have to. It's not either or. You can still protest and take the money right. and still achieve your goals because well, I, right. I believe that 
in some ways, they sold out. They said, listen, we'll take the money. We'll stop protesting. Like Bill said, that's going to allow the NFL to come back to the table and say, hey, look, you cost us this. Now we want a concession back. And I think that's a very valid point. But, again, did it really address what Kaepernick was taking a stance for? Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying that I agree with you. I, think, I, I don't think they should have stopped, agreed to stop protesting. Um, they said, they that's the leverage they had. And, you know? and, and I would have been interested to see if Malcolm would have kept protesting with the owners then, then say, then make visible mm-hmm. what's invisible. So mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. I thought that we gave you the I money. I thought we settled I on all this. I thought we settled right. on all right. this. You know, and, but you didn't even make them say that. You just said after you took it, you released a statement and said, okay, I'm now going to stop protesting. Right. I'm done. That's it. Right. That's, that's I mean, all it took. That's all. We wrote it you took. a small check. Oh, that was easy. But one of the <laughs> also too much. But, <laughs> one, but one of the one of the interesting things is it shows you the lack, the you know the the lack of help that other leagues give because one of the big things with this was oh, 100 million dollars. You know that's that's it's groundbreaking. It's more than any other league is given to any kind of cause, which opens your eyes also. Well, you know this drop in the bucket is is still more than the NBA is doing. It's still more than the point. Major League Baseball is Hockey, doing. Hockey, any, anyone, any, nobody has put them in a position where the owners feel, oh shit, you know we got to do something. And I think you know my problem is had the Players Association, who probably by the way will get some of that money, For some sure. kind of way, sure. to say, hey, listen, okay, this is a labor issue. But we're going to have a philosophic framework now for this for this struggle, you know, because you guys are playing. You know, my job as executive director, I don't, I, I have got time to think about this mm-hmm. and put together a plan, a program, as opposed to just leaving you guys out there to you know, you go this way, you go that way, and you know, it, it, to me, it was just an abysmal failure of leadership from the players' association, which I think is going to bite them in the back, in the, in the butt, when it comes time for. Um, negotiation. Which is par for the course, right? Because they always they, lose. They always, they always lose. I wish at the very least they would have donated some of that money directly to the causes that Colin Kaepernick what, what, is donating his own okay, money okay. to. Right, those right, those right, programs right. that are helping right. in the inner city, in the communities, right. that Colin Kaepernick say, listen, we're going to give this money to the programs that Kaepernick has honor, decided right. in his honor to respect what he has done. Right. And, and then, then you'll see a direct connection right. between right. how the right. owners right. Have, have put that money to, you know, right. put their money where their mouth is. Say, right. we're helping Colin Kaepernick. Right. We're not just going to throw money at a, like you said, a broad-based issue right. and nobody see any sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, result. Right. That's, right. Great, that's, that's actually a yeah. great point. And that's, the, and that's where the NFL uh, is hard. I mean, that's where they just look terrible. It's a shell game. We put some money here. But it's also how you doing? We play three car money, right? Right. And it's also the fact that they were that 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 they were in this situation were allowed to separate the separate Colin Kaepernick and still you know ostracize him. He has nothing to do with it, and he still doesn't have a job. That's my point. Which is they win, right? They won. They got rid of the issue. Got rid of Kaepernick. Gave a couple dollars that they're going to get back later. And that's why they billionaires. That's why they billionaires. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that, that was uh that was uh, quite a quite a uh, quite a impromptu <laughs> conversation. Right there. I talked to uh, Chris Canty, the former Dallas Cowboy and New York Giant and Baltimore Raven defensive lineman, about some of these issues. We we talked about first the Giants and Eli Manning and Reese and McAdoo being fired, and then we got into this players' coalition stuff. Uh, so uh, that's coming up next. Uh, he had some interesting things to say. He was insightful about it. A uh, little differing of opinions than than all of us had. Uh, we'll be back after that. And uh, thanks, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, Sur- by surprise. Contribute. <laughs> <laughs> On your podcast. Always, always, a, always a huge contribution, of course. Yeah, I came back here and saw, you know, Three people in the, two in the studio. <laughs> What's going on here? Okay, comfortably, I'm, comfortably I'm, in my chair. I, 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 I missed you, Bill. You know, I, I needed somebody to talk to. And we'll be right back with Chris Canty. Let me take a second to introduce you to Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read, particularly in these days and times. To download your free audiobook today, Go to audibletrial.com backslash 
Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. We have a special guest today, uh, a friend of the show, as Bill would say. Uh, Chris Canty is currently at ESPN Radio hosting the show Hunty and Canty, uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. weekdays. So you, I'm sure you've heard him, heard him there. And, of course, he's a former NFL lineman uh, for the Cowboys, Giants, and Ravens, Super Bowl champion with the Giants in 2012. Uh, so, Chris, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Nothing much, Jamal. Appreciate you having me on. No problem. Uh, obviously, NFL always all kinds of stuff going on. Um, and we'll start with the Giants, who had a busy week, as you know. Uh, the 2-10 and 10 Giants uh, fired their coach, Ben McAdoo, after he made an, the unpopular decision to bench Eli, Eli Manning last week. I don't know why he did that for Geno Smith. Um, and then, of course, firing G- the GM, Jerry Reese, who had survived a couple years of being on the hot seat. Uh, what, what's your take on that whole situation? Well, first of all, I don't think it was in a vacuum with just Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese. It's obviously a decision that ownership signed off on, and John Mara said as much in his press conference on Monday while he was explaining the firing of Jerry Reese and Ben McAdoo. Ultimately, I think it was a situation where the organization, because they were having such a poor season, was making the decision to move on from Eli Manning. I think that had already been decided. And and listen, John Mara gave us a little bit of insight toward that line of thinking because he told the scouting department about a month ago to go look at these college quarterbacks. So clearly the Giants are thinking about life after Eli Manning, and I think that the benching that happened two weeks ago was just a step toward that direction. I don't think this was about trying to see Geno Smith. I don't think it was about trying to see Davis Webb. I think it was more about the organization deciding that they were going to transition away from Eli. Now, I don't think they anticipated the backlash that came along with that decision. And because of that, I think it made it a convenient I guess a convenient opportunity for John Mara and Steve Tisch to go ahead and make Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese the face of an unpopular decision and go ahead and fire those guys Monday after the Oakland game. Oh, wow. So why would you uh, use the coach and the GM as the scapegoat in that that situation? I don't get that. Well, no owner wants to be criticized. Right. And if you're going to fire the general manager and the head coach after the season anyway, why not make them the face of what was inevitably going to be an unpopular decision? John Mara said in his press conference this past Monday that he didn't expect the level of outrage <laughs> that he got for the decision to bench Eli Manning to get a look at the younger quarterbacks. Right. But I think that had to factor into the decision to let them go after the Oakland game because he was cognizant of the fact that three of their next four games are at home. Right. So I, I, I think that the fan base would have let them know the level of outrage when you start talking about booing the Giants when they were turning back to MetLife in divisional games. So I think that factored into the thought process. And and I'm not saying that this was a conspiracy theory. All I'm simply saying is they had made the decision to try to transition away from Eli Manning. It was an unpopular decision, and the way that it was handled seemed a little off. And so as a result of that, it made it convenient for ownership to move on from Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese to make them the face of that decision. Right. I mean, in terms of that decision, I mean, do you agree with that? in and of itself, that, that it was time to move on from Manning. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I think, you know, obviously his play had declined, but it's not like they had, you know, they don't have a, uh, you know, a, a, a rookie prospect on the bench. I mean, to replace him with Geno Smith kind of didn't make sense to me. I mean, you, to me, you, you kind of let him finish the season. I would agree with that. I, I mean, the timing of the decision was poor. I thought they should let Eli Manning finish the season. You're talking about an organizational icon, somebody that's been a two-time Super Bowl MVP, put two Lombardis in the trophy case for you. I think you owe it to him to make that decision in the offseason, especially with the, with the contract being structured the way that it is. They got to make a decision on March 16th on a big $5 million roster bonus in Eli Manning's contract. Mm. So why not make that decision in the offseason rather than doing that right now at the end of the season? It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, and I think the fan base let the organization – know that what about the casualties in the situation of course McAdoo as coach and Reese as the GM 
Uh, do you think McAdoo got a fair shot? I mean, he had one season, his first season, took him to the playoffs, 11-5 and five record. Obviously, 2-10 and 10 is, you know, pretty much disgraceful, especially in New York, uh, for the Giants, who much was expected uh, from. Uh, you know, how do you feel like, do you feel like he got a fair shot in the end? Yeah, I think McAdoo got a fair shot. Uh, I, I would say this, the expectation was this team to be competing for Super Bowls. The only thing that we could point to that would keep them from doing that was the offensive line. Now, that's more structure of the roster. That's on the general manager than it is the head coach. But the one thing I would put on Ben McAdoo, the one thing that he has to be accountable for is the effort of the team. And some point along the season, he lost the team. And it's important for a head coach. Matter of fact, it's not only important. It's, just, it's a part of his job description to be able to have good relationships where he, with his players and know – how to motivate each individual player. And the fact that you've seen the inconsistent effort from this team throughout the season lets me know that he lost the respect of those guys in the locker room. And that's why you can point to the team having a 2-10 and ten record going into week 14. Right. I remember, you know, you were on the show a year ago, and you, and you mentioned a year ago that you thought the Giants lacked a little leadership uh, even last year at this time. Um, so I, I guess you're pointing to that. I guess you, I guess you kind of have to – you have to put the blame on McAdoo a little bit with that. Well, I mean, here's the thing. The head coach is responsible for setting the agenda for the team. And it just felt like from the opening kickoff down there in Dallas week one that this team was going to struggle. I mean, offensively it was a problem. The offensive line was awful. And the fact that you weren't able to hold players accountable for underwhelming in their performance, not producing at the level that ex- that's expected, I think ultimately that's on the head coach. And, and clearly we saw throughout the season it was issue after issue from discipline issues with Janoris Jenkins and DRC. You want to take it to an on-the-field effort with Eli Apple and some of the offensive linemen. I mean, you can point to a lot of different issues, but ultimately this comes up to the head coach having institutional control, and I just didn't feel like he had a handle on this team at any point this season. Well, what about Reese and, and his firing? I mean, you know, We've seen Reese be on the hot seat for a number of years here, so he he did survive this kind of thing, you know, a couple you know a couple different times. Do you think it was just his time to go? Yeah, I would say it's his time to go. Since 2012, he's got a record of 41 and 51. So mm-hmm. ultimately, it was his time to go. Missing consecutive draft classes, 2011, 2012. None of those guys are on the team anymore. There's mm-hmm. only one of those guys that's still in the NFL, that being Prince of Mukamar in Chicago. So when you don't draft well. When you don't have young, controllable talent in a salary cap sport and you're only going to the playoffs once every five or six years, that's, that's, I mean, that, that, that speaks for itself. Jerry Reese, it was time for him to go. The performance on the job just wasn't commensurate to the expectations of the organization. What about, what about Eli's future? I guess you, you kind of hinted towards it earlier that uh, it sounds like you think this is his last year here. Yeah, I think Eli is, Eli is probably going to move on from the Giants. And I'm not saying that the organization won't want him back next year. I'm just simply saying after they handled the situation with the quarterback benching last week and ending the consecutive game streak, I think he felt betrayed. He felt disappointed in the organization that they would treat him like that at the end of his career. And so I think he'll be looking to move on. He'll, be, he'll have a chance to go somewhere and be the guy this offseason, whether it's Jacksonville or Denver. Plenty of teams that feel like they're a quarterback away, and Eli Manning would probably be a good fit. I don't think he'd sign up uh, for what the Giants are planning on doing this coming offseason with using that potential top five pick to draft his successor. I don't think he wants to sign up to be in this exact same situation next year if the team underachieves then everybody clamoring to take a look at the young top five quarterback I, I, I just I just don't see him putting himself in that situation it makes no sense I thought in a perfect world he would want to retire a giant mm-hmm. that's why he negotiated for a full no trade clause and his latest contract extension but after the way they treated him these past couple of weeks I think Eli Manning's probably going to look to transition and move on and rightfully so I think it's time for Eli Manning to do within his best interest he should be selfish in this next decision that he makes this offseason you, th- you think he has anything left in the tank? Yeah, I think he can still play. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he can still play. I don't think anybody can make a definitive argument of whether he can play or not because the offensive line in front of him was so bad. So I think he can still play. 
Uh, he's hinted that he wants to continue to play. And so I, I, I'm looking for him to put himself in the best situation to compete in the twilight of his career, try to get another championship before he retires. Okay. Uh, of course, NFL is all kind of NFL news off the field. Uh, you know, it's been well-documented, well-documented on this show, the protest, Kaepernick. Um, and the, uh, the big question has always been, where do we, where do the players take it from there? Seems like they did something concrete, uh, you know, over the past week with the Players Coalition coming to an agreement with the NFL, with Goodell for $90 million over seven years. I think 25% of it is supposed to go to the United Negro College Fund, 25% to the Dream Corps, and 50% to the Players Coalition, of course you had you had three prominent uh, defectors who had a problem with the deal, but it looks like the deal went forward with uh, led by Anquan Bolden and uh, Jenkins. Um, what's what's your feeling on on this whole thing in general on, on the on the coalition, the job they did, and, and the and the reported agreement? Well, I, I, here's the thing: I don't know that I could have an issue with with being able to negotiate for resources to help in the fight against injustice in this country. I, I can't think of any cause that couldn't be helped from resources, whether that's monetary, monetary or human capital. So I just think it makes sense to be able to strike some accord with NFL owners, um, something positive to come out of the protesting. All, the whole time that the Kaepernick protesting was going on, I think it was – absolutely brilliant move by Colin Kaepernick, but the mm -hmm. only issue, well, one of the issues that I had with it was being able to map out a tangible goal for the protesting. Like, ultimately, what are we trying to achieve? I understand, you know, I understand, you know, from a macro perspective what we want, but what's something tangible? What's something empirical that we can point to and say, okay, this was our goal, this is what we improved on? Was it the arrest-related arrest deaths rate from minority communities as compared to majority communities? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what were we looking for? What did we want to accomplish? And so because that wasn't spelled out, I think some of the focus on what the protest was about has been lost. And so I'm glad that we have something tangible in this situation that can benefit, you know, the long-term macro goal of what we're trying to accomplish. I, I, I'm just glad that somebody... Malcolm Jenkins and, and, and others were able to come together and try to figure out something that we can take from this protesting in order to improve in these communities. So, so what do you make of the of some of the backlash that's coming? I mean, obviously the three you know three players who backed off, including Reed, who was one of the original protesters with with Kaepernick. Um, you know, people saying it's a drop in the bucket. Uh, you know, look how much money the NFL makes. And you know, ninety dollars over ninety million dollars over uh, seven years isn't really that much. Uh, you know, what's what's your take on the backlash? Well, it's you know, it's hard to expect NFL owners to have the level of urgency that we have in our communities for the issues that we're facing with police brutality and socioeconomic injustice. It's hard for billionaires to understand that. To right. sympathize with that, they they don't get it. It's it's a it's a different reality, and so I, I guess the fact that players saw the the NFL owners trying to do something, I, I think that's a good signal. That's a good sign. Something is better than nothing. For the guys that defected, I would ask, okay, well, what did you want to see? What right. did you want to happen? Right. Everybody wants to be critical of the negotiations and what they ultimately ended up with. But, but, but where, where are we going with this? Because you, I, I, I believed in the protest, and I, and, I, and I respect the men that protested in their various formats. I, I was all for it, and I'm still for it. But what I ultimately want to know is, what's the end game? Because you can't protest forever. Even in the Civil Rights Movement, there was a lot of protesting. But what were they protesting? Jim Crow laws, right. voter registration rights. Ultimately, they had tangible goals. Right. So what I'm trying to figure out is who is outlining the tangible goals that we're trying to accomplish. Nobody has done that. Right. So I'm simply saying, why are you being critical of it if you haven't outlined any goals? Right. That's what I don't understand. Right. And and in any, you know, I've, I've talked about this, too. In any organization, you know, there's always disagreements. Uh, you know, not everybody's going to agree. It's just in this case, it was aired 
uh, publicly, which I, you know, probably was a mistake, uh, you know, considering that all these guys are protesting for, for the same purpose. Uh, so, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Um, what about, you know, Kaepernick, right? He's still not playing. Um, do, you, do you think that's in it? Do you, do you think that matters? Do you think that, that in order for us really to get past, you know, all, all the division, you know, NFL uh, between owners and players and protests, does Kaepernick need to be on a team? always felt that he was actually more impactful if he was willing to sacrifice his professional career and I know that's a lot to ask for one man but he was the one that started the movement he's the face of the movement and so I you know it's unfortunate for him because I know that there's a part of him that has worked hard that that there's a part of him that wants to continue his athletic career because he's worked so hard his entire life to be able to have this opportunity to monetize his athletic ability but ultimately it's bigger than sports. This is about the reality of where this country is. And I, I, I know it's, it, it, it's tough, and it's tough for me to come out and say this, but I just feel like with the movement, sometimes there's sacrifices that are required. And, and that's, 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 that's what it is. And, and I applaud him for being willing to sacrifice his professional career for something that he believes in. This is bigger than football. And so I think his stance and, and what he's done and, and, and how he's kind of awakened the national consciousness around this issue, I think is important because the conversation is, is, is louder than it's ever been. Right. And it's necessary because now we're seeing where different people are. And I think we're trying to build bridges and mend fences in order so we can all improve this country. I think it's, it's a collective issue. This is not just a, a black issue. This is an American issue. Right. And that's one of the things that I think Colin Kaepernick driven home with this protest in the national consciousness. This is something that we all have to deal with. Even though it only affects the minorities, this is something that we all have to be on board with changing. And so I think the urgency that he expressed that through the protesting, through the kneeling, I, I think it, it's, it was necessary. And unfortunately, it looks like it's going to cost him his athletic career. But I think it's a powerful stance to say that he's willing to forego his athletic career, professional career in sports for something that he believes in. Yeah, no question about that. I agree with that. Um, one of the things Bill uh, always talked about is the NFL Players Association and the role that, or the lack of a role that they had uh, in this situation. I mean, obviously you're a former player. Um, do you think that the, the NFLPA should have taken more of a role than they did or maybe, you know, even kind of spearheaded this movement or helped it helped it more, or do you feel like that's not really their role? I know the Players Association was willing to help Colin Kaepernick. I'm not sure if he was receptive to whatever help that they were offering. I don't know the details, but I do know that D. Maurice Smith, the executive director, did have personnel from the NFLPA try to reach out to help Colin Kaepernick. I don't know the extent of the help again, but I know that there was some form of communication to try to extend help. I don't know what was made of that, but I will say this. I think the Players Association is focused on the next collective bargaining agreement because when you can negotiate favorable working conditions and more favorable financial terms for the players, I think ultimately we can have more resources to help these given communities because you know, moving perception aside, a lot of the players in the National Football League do a lot of good things in their respective communities. And so if we can put more money in players' pockets, I think that's putting more money in underserved communities, and that's going to be to the benefit of the cause that Colin Kaepernick was protesting for. And uh, uh, finally, I'm sure you heard, uh, Roger Goodell uh, signed a five-year, $200 million extension, uh, even though supposedly 85% of, those, uh, of that is bonuses subject to owner approval. But, but what's, what's your take on, on Goodell's uh, role in all this? I mean, I, I kind of give him a little credit because, you know, he, he spearheaded it for whatever, for whatever reason. I mean, it, it was obvious that the owners, you know, weren't all that enthusiastic about, about this deal with the Players uh, Coalition, that he had to twist some arms, to say the least. Um, and I'm sure he obviously he has his own reasons for doing that because he's worried about the bottom line. But do you give Goodell any credit for, for getting this deal done? 
Well, I mean, I think it was something that Goodell and the owners had to do. The league is 70% African-American. What, what, what are you going to do? You, you're going <laughs> to... You're going to ignore, you know, the, your employees. I, I think that's just a, bi- a bad business model. If it's something that's important to your employees, I think it's something that you have to at least try to address. Uh, and so, if nothing else, I think it was something to say, okay, listen, we can't, we, we, we understand that you have an issue. You're protesting. We're not going to ask you to stop protesting. We're going to try to extend some level of help in terms of being able to offer resources, but ultimately we want we want this issue, we want to be seen as caring about this issue so in turn you can continue to play and be the entertainment product that's on the field and our bottom line can stay intact. I think it was one of those situations where the NFL had to be seen as doing something or offering something to the players that were protesting, and I think Roger Goodell was out in front of it. He understood that he had to do something about it. Okay, I mean overall, I mean as a, as an ex player, uh, you know we we have to move forward from this. Uh, are you proud? Are you proud of the deal uh, of what's come of the protests? Where do we go moving forward? Do you, do you see protests still uh, going on uh, the end of this year and next year, or do you, or do you feel like um, this is a this is the start we needed and and we can start to move forward? Well, I think you got to start somewhere with anything, and so I'm not saying that this. There's finality in the protest. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I will say this. You have to start somewhere. I think this is more of a beginning than anything else. Um, I look for the players continue to try to work to improve the various communities in our country, continue to try to bring to light some of the issues that they're facing in the way of socioeconomic injustice and police brutality. Uh, and so I think the resources that they got from this deal with the ownership group is a good start. Uh, and beyond that, I can't say much more. I don't know where this goes, but I would say that this is a step toward progress. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Chris, for joining us. Uh, again, you can catch Chris on the Humpty and Canty show on ESPN Radio, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. weekdays. What, I know you got you always have a bunch of stuff going on. What else What else are you doing out there? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I got my foundation, the Chris Canty Foundation, here in the tri-state area. And uh, just recently, on, on Wednesday, we uh, dedicated the playground to the kids at PS43 in the Mott Haven section of the South Bronx. And it was our first infrastructure project. We finally got the playground done after about two months of physical work and about uh, six months, six to eight months of, of, of logistics and just trying to organize the project. We finally were able to get it done. We were able to give them a Christmas present from the Chris Candy Foundation. So I'm excited that we were able to do that for those kids. Some very special kids and faced some very tough odds. I couldn't find a group of kids that deserved it more. And so I'm thankful to have the opportunity to be able to give back to some kids from the borough that I'm from, the boogie down the Bronx. (laughs) BX, BX stand up. Sounds good, man. Uh, That's some some good stuff. Uh, Once again, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, Appreciate your insight, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, man. All right. Well, that that was interesting. Uh, like I said, Chris had a lot of uh, interesting things to say. Great insight. Um, and you know, it's a complicated issue. Very much so. You know. But again, my position is still. I wish they had more of a direct connection between the money that the Players Coalition had took and. Colin Kaepernick's goals and how do you not have Colin Kaepernick as part of the players coalition when he is the de facto leader in fact the leader of this movement he is the face of the movement he should be the leader of the players coalition how will you not have him involved in the discussions on whether or not you should take money where that money should go I'm a big cap supporter I, I, I'm, I'm with cap as they say on, on Twitter hashtag I'm with cap. <laughs> I hear you I hear you I'm a cap too uh, I agree, and I and I think that's where the the owners, you know, they they got their agenda accomplished Absolutely. right there by keeping keeping Kaepernick out of it. Um, the, you know, there's some back and forth about, you know, why he wasn't involved. Some of the some of the players, you know, put the blame on him. But you know, I'm I'm like you said, I'm with Cap. Right. You know, he 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 started this. He had he should have been his movement. And also, one of my big thing is in order to really move past this. He has to have a job, right? You have to show me that. I agree. You know, he, you know, if you're he serious, can't, about he it. can't be blackballed because right. he because he took a stand that all of us, you know, all a lot of his people, a lot mm-hmm. of black people mm-hmm. in this country uh, agree with. 
right. and are proud of him for, for taking that And it that shouldn't stand. be it shouldn't be just about black people agreeing with it. It should be right. about of all course. people agreeing with right. it. Right. Nobody supports police brutality. Nobody should support racial inequality. Nobody should support so, should support social injustice, whether you're black, white, Latino, or Asian. Nobody should support that. Right. At least in this country where these people who go out there and support this flag where we say United States of America, but don't show the unity that the flag stands for. Right. They talk about unity in the United States and the, he's protesting the flag. We'll show some unity and get on the right side of the issue. Right. No question about it. So, yeah, um, there's a you know, long way to go on this issue. Uh, we won't really know if, if, you know, if, if this agreement was a, even, you know, slightly a good thing or not right. until we see where the money goes. And, and that'll be a long time. Now, what do you think about the fact that had they signed Kaepernick, had a team signed Kaepernick, do you think this whole movement would have gone away? Bec- or the movement and the, and the controversy because – I've had debates and discussions with other talk show hosts that I know on the West Coast, and they say, well, no, because then it's going to be about, is he playing? Why isn't he playing? And my position was, the minute that a team signs him, it sort of puts a calmness over the whole issue. And, and it, not, that, not that what Kaepernick was fighting for goes away, but it will not minimize it, but sort of take away the controversy of it. What do you think about that? No, I, I mean... The co- it's not going anywhere okay. because the, this, you know, the problem, these problems. Well, not the problems, but right, the right. problem with, with Kaepernick the and the NFL as it relates yeah, to people no. losing. They say they're losing viewership or the ratings are down. Do you think that if they put it had Baltimore signed him and they had him as a backup to Joe Flacco, maybe the issue says, oh, well, Cap has a job. So people can't really talk about Kaepernick not having a job because he's still the sort of martyr in this movement as long as he doesn't have a job. Like you said, until and unless he has a job. Nothing has really changed because the owners are still blackballing him right. and still keeping him out of the league. Yeah, no, I, I think for, from the NFL's perspective, it would have been a very smart move to have someone sign Kaepernick. Even Kaepernick's lawyer thought that that was the case. He thought, you know, we, we got this collusion case going. If they, if the NFL owners were serious about getting rid of this case, all they have to do is sign him. It Just doesn't make any him. sense. It doesn't even make if, any sense. Even if you don't agree with him, it would have helped the NFL's position. Absolutely. But that just shows you how deep the NFL owner, how the deep this goes for NFL owners. Absolutely. They are they're mad. They will never, they, they're never going to Nobody's going to tell us yeah, what we do. Nobody's going to tell us what to do. Uh, who are we going to We want to be racist. We're going to be racist. Absolutely. You know, I don't care. And we're not going to give him a job. And that's why until uh, he's back in the league or, you know, at least at least a, given a fair shot, which means being back in the league, mm-hmm. by the way, um, you know, you can't you can't take anything the owners do and, and really give them any credit for Absolutely, it at all. Because even if it was to help the overall NFL, NFL, they say, no, we ain't going to do that because nobody's going to force our hand. Nobody's going to tell us we have to sign this guy. We've decided whether individually, collectively, small groups, however they've decided, it, it appears to me that they've decided not to sign Kaepernick, not to allow him in their league, and nobody's going to change that. Well, on that note, uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, man. Uh, Otis Harper, host of In the Game on WBKS1.com. When does it come on? Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. to 11. Every Tuesday we are live. We got video. We got audio. We got a call-in number. We have a live interactive chat room. We we just try to have fun, man. So if you're a sports fan, join us every Tuesday. I'm there hosting, you know, acting a fool, talking about sports, just having a good time, man. So I appreciate appreciate the opportunity. It was just a a, a shocking surprise to have the great Bill Roden here. And I, I can't tell you how much this has meant to me. That's great. That's great. Uh, join us next week. We'll be back with another edition of Bros Pod. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Twitter at Bros Pod, at in, on Instagram at Bros Pod, on Facebook, uh, Bill Roden on Sports. Like the page. And like I said, we'll be back next week with, with some more conversation about who knows what, but I'm sure it'll have to do with black people. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.